So first thing I wanted to talk about is... Uh, Do you I, think we <laughs> are funny? Do you think we're funny? Like to uh, other people outside of our little... Um, our little... Our little... Uh, ourselves. Outside of ourselves. Are we I've funny? wondered that many times. And I I don't know if I care if we're funny at all. But I, I, I do think that we're funnier than some people, but I don't know if we're like really funny. I think you're funny. I don't know how funny I am. What 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 are we? Are we comedians? We're not comedians. We don't do stand up. I feel like I have good timing if I have something funny to do, you know. But yeah. if if I'm just sitting here, I, I'm not going to particularly be that funny. Um, I mean, we've performed. We have pretty considerable histories of performing comedy in front of people. Like we've done a lot of comedy shows, Speaking not of even which, just polar bear MCs. We did that, like that, uh, that Sherlock Holmes skit and all that shit. Like we've done a lot of stuff. Yeah, which I, I, I wish, I wish that was on video more than anything in the entire world. I wish that was on video, but it's not. <laughs> it's lost forever. But that was the best thing I think any of us have ever done. Um, Wasn't there like a, a, a snippet of something of it that no. came out, like that you shared? Uh uh-uh. uh, no, just no, nothing. It doesn't exist. I must have dreamed that. Dreamed there was a picture. That. A picture. There's yeah. a backstage picture, like in the in the backstage, but uh, that was it. It's terrible. Spe- speaking of our uh, our comedy history, though, um, I opened up Facebook to uh, jump on Messenger and grab the link for this uh, Squadcast call, and uh, I, I'm confronted with uh, the cutest post. It's uh, it's the polar bear MCs telling people that if if they like the polar bear MCs, they should rate and review Bird Road. Did you post that? <laughs> no, I did not. Who do you think posted it? <laughs> A little elf. A little elf. <laughs> Some elf cute named, ears. Little elf named I'm Q. And I'm Jewish Dave. And this is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. So what were you about to say at the opening of this show that I cut you off? Um Oh shit, I don't remember. Uh I'll re- I'll remember it as we continue on. I don't fucking know. I see people who I think of as podcasters first, right? Mm. And then um I realize that they're that they do have history in stand-up comedy. And they're the people who I think we're like, our show is like the the closest analog to. Mm. Like the two specific examples are wildly, wildly different. One is um, a friend of the show, uh, Brian, Brian Quimby, Murder Brian, who's a mm. stand-up. He, that's his profession. He's a stand-up comedian, along with being like a roofer and like, you know, uh, like various jobs. Of, My um, old job. Yeah. <laughs> there I, there <laughs> I am being funny. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Looking Jordan Pippin to Jordan. <laughs> to Jordan. Um and then I think of like Joe Rogan, who I don't think either of us are fans of, but he no. is like ubiquitous in podcasting, right? He's like the biggest he's probably like the biggest thing going in podcasting right now, right? I think so. I th- yeah. I think of him as a podcaster first, and then I forget, like, oh yeah, he has his um like his his bona fides are in the world of stand up though, right? I was he a stand up? I I yes, thought I always think of him as the man show guy. Like and okay. I, I assume I, wait, he was Joe on radio. Rogan. You think of Joe Ro- Joe Rogan was not on the man show, was he? Yeah, he was on like the the second. Oh, he was on the shitty iteration. second version. Yeah, yeah, okay. and that's no, what I always think of. I don't remember who his co host was though. 
Uh, I wonder if oh, it anybody was, uh, remembers it that. It was the best of all of them. It was um, not Corolla. It was the, the guy who is friends with Louie, who plays the, the dirtbag, who plays himself. Oh, wait. It was was it Doug Stanhope? Doug Stanhope. Thank oh, you. Yeah, God damn. I can't believe right, I can't remember. Was. I couldn't remember Doug Stanhope's name. Shit. Jesus. Well, I, uh, yeah. And to my credit, I don't think I ever watched it. So that's why I don't remember. But no, I know. Uh, but it's Doug Stanhope. <laughs> like, he was one of our favorite yeah, people he's, he's for great. a really long time. He's awesome. So, like, all right. I think of Joe Rogan first from News Radio, which mm-hmm. is what I knew him from. And then never saw him again until that viral video of him confronting Carlos Mencia. Mm-hmm. Where, and so that's how I associate him as like oh that's that i guess joe rogan is like in the stand-up world because he was one of those people who i mean like stand-up comedians have these weird internecine like squabbles with each other sure and that was yeah. one of them right then like and as the another one mark Marin, right a stand he's i think a lot of people who aren't stand-up fans might forget that mark Marin was is and I think continues to be a stand-up. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I was a fan of his like way, way back in the day. Um, but yeah, I think most people know him either from the podcast or even his uh, his show or or Glow or something. But I, yeah, I don't think a lot of people really would know his stand-up because. And that's a, another thing. Like as long as we're talking about stand-ups, but like n- like probably like ninety percent of stand-ups are people that you would never have really even heard of because they didn't have like that one big special a year that really breaks out you know not not many stand-up specials actually go very big to like actual uh major public notice yeah beyond being just like a generic fan of stand-up i like i have no interest in that i don't mythologize it um i i don't even think as much as you do and uh, i mean like I, I love stand-up still. Yeah, but there's also this thing where it's like lo- there's loving stand-up, but then there's like loving the industry of stand-up and like the – um Yeah, like the, <laughs> the, the inner workings of it and yeah, watching drama about stand-ups I think is the saddest shit in the world. And well, I, the, let, let, I, I, let's put it this way. I We were cleaning out the garage, my, my parents' garage, and I found an ashtray from the comedy store, and I got really excited. I was like, I'm keeping <laughs> this. This is not getting thrown out. You know, I went to the comedy store last year. Did you? Oh, yeah. You yeah. told me. You saw uh, Kevin Nealon, right? Yeah, I saw Kevin Nealon. He surprised <laughs> everybody. It just blew everybody away. It was three times, four times funnier than anybody else that was on the stage. He's great. I saw that crazy, what's that guy's name? Joey something, the Cuban guy from New Jersey. Oh, I think um, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, he's like the he's like the fat Cuban guy. I don't uh-huh. know. See, just me like not knowing these I mean like Kevin Nealon's name I know, but like not knowing that guy's name, who I'm sure every like passing you know, passive fan of stand up knows who that guy is. I sure. his fucking name. But like that shows my ignorance of it. My point in bringing this up is I'm wondering if as I look at our show and I see that it shares a lot of alleles, you know what an allele is? It's like the uh, the paired off genetic chromosomes. Um, it shares a lot of like uh, of of genetic material with shows that are fronted by standups, mm-hmm. people whose backgrounds are in standup, right? I wonder if that's the missing link for us that we're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that, that would help. I mean, I think <laughs> overall it would probably help. The question of whether we're funny or not got me thinking of like, what are we? Are we supposed to be funny? Are we two guys who like know a little bit more about politics and news than the, the average person? Well, are I mean, we just... let's, be, let's remember that I don't know shit about that stuff. So that's, I mean, but you, that's a problem. You're an activist. Like you literally go to <laughs> events and do things. I mean, yeah, like I you can have to, though. I mean, you can, you can, you can, and, and you should rightly minimize your participation in those things and like your effectiveness in doing them. Cause you're basically just an extra 200 pounds <laughs> that gets dragged to these things, but and, you and still let, do them. Let's you be, get credit, let's be dude. Clear. You show up. Let's be clear. Two, 206 pounds. How much do you weigh now? 206. Damn, that's so skinny for you. I know. I was 278 last year. Damn. That's you. I'm really not looking forward to the like Jewish Dave died episode. (laughs) I think my blood pressure is dropping a little bit. I've been getting dizzy. Is that okay? I mean, did you already have kind of high blood pressure and now it's going into good range? No, no, no. I had great. Oh, you're going into low blood pressure range. Uh huh. Yeah. So what can you do? Yeah. I got to start making a a mixed drink of of water and salt, magnesium, and some other stuff, mainly a bunch of salt. You're like an aging puppy. Like (laughs) you start having to like manufacture all these concoctions to keep you balanced out. Like his weight's getting too high. We got to do something about that. But. He, you know, first of all, when that happens, <laughs> the problem with Jewish Dave is that if he kept that weight on for a few more years, he would start to damage his hind legs and he wouldn't be able to get on the couch. <laughs> my patellas. Your patellas might start <laughs> showing some wear and tear. Problem is, we do that, blood pressure drops. So we got to give him like a little solvent, a little, a little, a little soluble uh, mixture to balance all that out. <laughs> Um, that's great. I didn't know that you were that, that you were, I haven't seen you since the, our last live show. Uh, and I, well, I want to see you again really soon, but yeah. I, just don't, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'm hoping for a live show in Vegas this year. Yeah. We got to work on that. Speaking of live shows, maybe at the top, we should talk about, um, I got to announce this on social media, but no tickets available. Just show up Lifehouse little Havana, our live show, uh, the end of Miami, which the actual environment has been trying to end on its own with numerous delays related <laughs> to mostly uh, weather and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's going to be me co-hosting with a friend of the show, Jerry Ionelli from Miami new times and a slew of guests. Um, we had a little flux in the guest roster, obviously because we had six people booked and they were all available on that day in May. They're not all obviously going to be available on the same day in June. And uh, next week, I think I'll be able to say, the confirmed yeses and nos. And so, you know, look forward to that. Check the Facebook page. Um, there's an event listed out. And what's the date of it? June 19th. Beautiful. Um, Dave, meanwhile, my favorite, and I shared this on social media, I think on all the channels, but my favorite piecing it together so far probably was the one that you just did over the weekend. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that it doesn't really fit the uh, piecing it together format. But Not at all. It, Completely it, yeah. breaks for like willfully <laughs> just destroys the format. Yeah. But it had to be done though. Um, obviously uh, uh, friends of ours all know that Elton John is a, uh, a customer of my family's record store wax tracks. And he's been in dozens of times and emails with my dad almost every day, practically. And so, of course, my parents and I went to see Rocket Man, the new uh, Elton John biopic.
music, which was great, by the way. Very happy to say, because I was very worried it was going to be like Bohemian Rhapsody, and it was not. Um, but uh, after the movie, on the ride home, I brought with me my, my recorder for the ride home, and we just recorded just uh, first thoughts after the movie. And, of course, my parents are ridiculous and uh it, it made for a really fun conversation my, they tell a couple of little elton stories along the way and my dad is my dad and my mom's my mom and they're just it, it's ridiculous you yeah, you, it's a great you, enjo- you enjoyed it huh it's a it's a short episode i think it's like 25 minutes or yeah, something yeah. but it, it's it's and um it's it's funny i mean like the rosens are in manageable amounts are hilarious yeah like just <laughs> It's great to it's great to, to to hear them and but like to just not not necessarily have to interact with them, which is the the reason I I maintain that they need their own show, uh, um, because that's the perfect entry point for yes. any with with your with your with your parents. It's true. Um, it's so true. that's the most recent piecing it together. Check that out too. Absolutely. Uh, how about this? I've been thinking about this question of like what makes a good podcast. And I don't want this to be like a super meta episode about like the podcast and like what it's about and shit. Mm. But I'm thinking of like as I was thinking through all of those um, elements or alleles, as I said before, mm. the, the genetic pairings of like what makes a good podcast and what makes you listen through, and then like what what do we do, what do what do we maybe not do. I came up with one thing that like I was listening through a bunch of. I'm doing research for potentially launching another podcast, and I was re- listening to a lot of Florida podcasts. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, one thing that immediately, immediately makes me shut off and unsubscribe hmm. if I'm just discovering a podcast podcast raw out of the blue. Uh, and you and I, so you and I are in this Facebook group, right, where we listen to. We get a lot of people promoting their podcasts, and they're very like DIY and kind of. I mean, if you think that this show is low end, oh my god. Oh, um, but literally the first thing that will make me shut off a podcast, Southern accent. If I hear somebody <laughs> spit the hosts have a Southern accent, I'm gone. I'm like, hi, what's yeah, up, that- Jim? We're here. We're, it's a Florida, for the Florida man podcast. We're here for another episode. Hey, Bob, what do we got this week? That's pretty I'm, tough. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if I would be able thing. to get through one of those either. I can't do it. Like, I mean, maybe we're not funny. But at least we speak the kings. <laughs> well, I mean, any any podcast really is a, a big commitment to sit for 30 or 40 or even an hour listening to people talk into your ears. So, I mean, they've got to have an, you know, at least OK voice. And there's no such thing as a, a southern OK voice. There's the NPR voice, which neither of us have. Right. Which is the like, they all sort of, I don't know, it's an affectation that emanates from... I think it's a lot of people copying Ira Glass. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I think I think that there's an element of that, but then there's also just an element of the like kind of elitist prep school people who get into public radio who just have that voice anyway. Mm-hmm. So like they are just Ira Glass and it's not like they're consciously copying him. They just that's how they sound. You sure. Know? They've been in, you know, grant prote- protected newsroom positions like fake newsroom positions in like public media for I don't know 20 years or something and and they just end up kind of talking like this and this week we found somebody who was the first person to eat bread 
in New Jersey or something like it was like, what the fuck are we talking about um so yeah those are what are the things that you don't like when you hear is it um is it me it's not you um i, I i'll tell you what i don't like uh the, the, my two biggest problems are rambling uh, I, I, I can't stand when they're like just going on and on before getting to what the podcast is supposed to be about, um, like whatever the main subject is. And uh, and then really, I mean... Having a main subject. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the, the other thing is, I mean, I hate to be like a stickler for this, but quality. Like it, it it's really difficult if it's not at least just like a baseline okay quality. It, it's got to it's gotta sound all right. It doesn't have to be, you know, all SM7Bs and perfectly treated rooms and nicely edited and perfect, but it's got to at least sound all right. Yeah, and, like, I mean, you rule out literally 99.5% of all podcasts <laughs> with that with that qualification. Sorry, guys. I mean, it's true. Like, yeah. I don't know if the barrier is so high. I mean, do we really sound much better now than we did when we first started, I guess we do. Yeah, I think first, we do. Yeah. Well, also we've we've gotten bad. yeah we've gotten a lot better too with our um like dealing with these long distance recording apps. Like they they are all still terrible, but we've worked around them a little better now. I should say people are probably hearing my cracking voice. I barfed my brains out the other night. I don't know why. It was horrendous. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night. I had to make a sprint for the um, for the, the toilet. I didn't get the the lower seat, the outer ring, up in time, so I spent a lot of time afterwards. And it was just an avalanche. It was a disaster. I never throw up, and I had I don't know like four beers, which is not very many for me. Like mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I mean, like I don't drink like I used to, obviously, but I don't drink nothing, you know. And uh, I, I just I don't drink nothing. I don't drink nothing. <laughs> Hey, what's up? Welcome to another week of I Don't Drink Nothing. It's me, Q. I've got a, a Presbyterian Dave on the phone. So, yeah, what you're hearing is one of the two manifestations of that random um, vomiting episode. And the other, the other one is that I feel like I did 100 crunches. And it feels good. And I still, I haven't been able to eat much since then. I feel good. I feel slim. Like, I wonder why people don't do, how come nobody's thought of just like throwing up to to be skinny? I don't know. I mean, it seems like it would work in theory. I can't see any kind of like drawback or anything. I don't know. Maybe I'm not thinking it all the way through. I got to say, your voice sounds completely normal. Really? So, okay. Yes. <laughs> I feel like the last syllables of some words are like dropping out. Like, a, like when I finish a sentence, like the last syllable drops out or something like that. You got like a, a form of vocal fry? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like it's involuntary vocal fry because I contend that all the millennial vocal fry is a um, a plea for attention. Uh-huh, yeah. You know what? Now that we're talking about it, before we get on our first topic, you do kind of have vocal fry. like I do? Yeah, yeah. Explain to the people what you're, as you try to edit me sometimes or try to like fix yeah. my audio, like what... Like you said that I have like highs and lows, like like my highs and my lows are too high and too low, or like how did you explain it? it? Yeah, it's like it's almost like two voices being mixed together. You've got like a deep bassy voice 
and a like a, a high vocal fry type voice and you could hear them both like if you really listen to your voice it's you hear both of those voices and they they mesh into one voice because it is just coming out of one mouth but it, it, it's very interesting. It's an interesting voice. I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's uh, it's certainly unique. I'm not going to interrupt you because, like, I love hearing about myself. <laughs> I love hearing other people talk about me and the things that I that I have and that I that I do. You're doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing the voice. <clears throat> I'm smiling. It's I'm so narcissistic. Like the fact that I care. <laughs> this is a uh, narcissistic world it is i was thinking about that lately as we move into my next five minutes of material <laughs> as i slowly begin this this thing where i'm gonna try to become a stand-up comedian <laughs> you guys notice how narcissistic people are hey world's narcissistic am i right <laughs> ah you know what i'm talking about especially this guy oh this girl this girl over here is uh, is 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 booing. Wouldn't it be funny if you just got raped right now? No, <laughs> no, Daniel Tosh. <laughs> you know what I didn't know? Daniel Tosh was a was a news writer down here in Miami for a long hmm. time. Like he was a. By the way, just in case anybody's wondering about that horrible rape joke, that wasn't mine. That's like <laughs> a very famous Daniel Tosh joke that like got him. I don't know. What's the temporary version of canceled? Like semi-canceled? I don't know. Yeah, I've always wondered about why he's never gotten canceled. I mean, I used to like him. Well, he did. A he lot. did for a minute. Like right, he was like the urtext of. Um, yeah, but his show's still on the air. Like yeah, I, yeah, but like it. But I mean, he's a, he's got relevance. a Vegas show like at like five months a year or something. Like he's he's doing fine. I, it's interesting that his career hasn't really. I guess it, it's almost like, and I don't think he's uh, conservative or anything like that, but. It's almost no, like, not, like yeah. yeah, we talk about like trumping it, you know, like it's yeah, almost like he's your doing way through that. It. Just trump your way yeah. through it. Yeah. It's like, it's like um, <laughs> your football coach when you sprain your foot and he's just like, I'll rub some dirt on it. Just walk it off. Yeah. yeah. He just walks yeah. it. This goes back to my thing where I, uh, with the whole, not just me too, but any kind of like cancelable moment, like any moment where like a celebrity or somebody of renown is facing cancellation Mm-hmm. Um, just if as long as your audience and the consumers for the thing that you make are, as long as the Venn diagram is small enough of them with the kind of people who would actually like care about that right you're right. gonna be fine yep. like the people whoever let's say that there's still one and a half million people in this country that tune in for Tosh.0 whenever that airs I mean, as long as that one and a half million people don't give a fuck about cancel culture and social justice shit, mm. I mean, Daniel Tosh will just be on forever because I'm sure his show gets better ratings than the fucking Daily Show or whatever garbage they're putting on now. We actually uh, promoted Daniel Tosh's first CD back in the day. It was one of, one of the artists that I promoted. Oh yeah, I remember that. We used to promote stand-ups. We did. I guess we were kind of stand-up adjacent because we were promoting. We were promoting David Tell, uh-huh. and we had um, what was the other? What was uh, the other? The other well, CD. We listened to it a lot. Well, also Jim Gaffigan. I don't know if that's what you're thinking. Gaffigan. I think we the very first Gaffigan one. Oh, Mike Birbiglia, Dane Cook. 
Um, Dane Cook, I remember. Mike yeah. Birbiglia, I don't remember that. But Yeah. Yeah, all of those. And there was a couple others, too. Um, but, yeah, back uh, – there was also that weird comedy festival that they did, like, one or two years here in Vegas and then stopped it. Uh, but we'd be out there, you know, promoting these these comedians that were at the time up and coming. Yeah, at the time, like, David Tell was – he had been around for a while, but and he had been on TV for a couple of years, but he was still, like – I mean, he's an old man now. And <laughs> back then he was, like, yeah, I guess fresh shit. Yeah. It's it's weird looking at old David Tell videos because it's it's hard it's hard to imagine him young. He just seems like an old man. I just feel old now thinking about David Tell. Yeah. And how like, I mean, he can't be that much older than us. Yeah, I think he's probably almost sixty. Um. Yeah, I guess he is old. He is way older than us. He's yeah. like a solid like twenty something years older than us. Then I, I would think so. At least fifteen, but probably twenty. Yeah. Like you know, who's like sixteen years older than us is um. Uh, uh, I was looking it up today because he has a, he doesn't have anything out. It was just some like old documentary of his that he that he had. John Leguizamo, right? Uh huh. Like that's a weird one to try to figure out like an age. Like how old is John Leguizamo? Is he older than us? And it's like yeah, he's way older than us, but it feels like he's not. I don't know how to explain it. Right. It's right. Weird. I guess it's just dying. I guess we're just dying. What about pop punk bands? <laughs> yeah, we oh, are. Oh, the saddest thing the in the world. What about the pop punk bands? The saddest thing in the world is seeing them. Like, you know who I... F- <laughs> I don't know why I still have them as friends on Facebook. I'm friends with the band Goldfinger on Facebook. And <laughs> they'll share. Like, they share stuff on Facebook all the time. And you see them, and you're every time you see a picture of these guys, you're like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> that's too bad that turned out that way. And then you're like, those guys have millions of dollars. They probably look like their best selves. How must I look relative <laughs> to when I liked Goldfinger? Like, <laughs> uh, when I was twenty, when I was twenty three. I was a fucking like sleek, tan Puerto Rican god of a man. And <laughs> I mean, I was like, you know, just walking around in size thirty jeans, like. It didn't matter. Like, nothing I did mattered. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. That's how you talked all the time. Fuck it. Uh, Yeah, I would walk around saying, how would I say it? Fuck it. Fuck it. So if those guys from Goldfinger or from Less Than Jake look like shit, how must I look? How must you look? All right, dude. You look Um, okay. I don't know. You want to talk about this, uh, this Vice article you sent? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's more doom and gloom, which we, we love here on this podcast, I think. Uh, kind of goes along with your live show that you got coming up over there in Miami. But, uh, yeah, it's a new report suggests high likelihood of human civilization coming to an end in 2050. Uh, the climate change analysis was written by a former fossil fuel executive and backed by the former chief of Australia's military. And it uh, basically just talks about how climate change, you know, it's basically too late and it is, uh, you know, the, the next 30 years are just going to be disastrous. A near to midterm existential threat to human civilization sets out a plausible scenario of where business as usual could lead over the next 30 years. I'm always, I'm always weirded out by those kind of like vagaries where it's like business as usual, meaning like the output of our, because I mean, I've read the uh, Jeff Goodell's book, the water, the, the water will come. Mm-hmm. And he, it, it the science is pretty clear that like, 
and I hate to sound like like the latter day Republicans in this way, but the science does say that there's nothing that we're going to do in the next 30 years that will change anything for anybody who's living on the globe. Right, right. Right. So I'm always very like when somebody says near to midterm existential threat to human and civilization, uh, business as usual could lead us over the next 30 years. I'm always very like kind of um, suspicious of that kind of language. Not that I don't think that, I mean, like we should absolutely, it's insane that as a, as a, as a planet, we're not doing every single one of the, uh, uh, tactics laid out in the green new deal. I absolutely think we should be doing all those things. Yeah. We should probably be flying less. It, you know, I look at business travel and I think about myself. I've been like shuttled around the, the country over the last six months or so for all these things that probably could have just been like teleconference meetings and stuff like that. Right. And right. I, I, I apply my own experience to the larger tens of thousands of flights that happen every day. And, uh, you know, it, uh, eh. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, no, but it, it, it's it's terrible, and I know that we should be doing stuff about it. I just wonder, you know, there's a case to be made that for people like me, you, and every single person who's listening to this podcast, there's a point of diminishing returns on informing yourself about this stuff. Right, right. We already know this, and the people in our lives who have been told this and don't believe it, us telling them it isn't going to change anything. Right, right. We're at a real... Uh, we're at, a, we're at a real like kind of crossroads where I think just like a lot of people need to die first. It fucking sucks to say that. But like a lot of people, first of all, I, I mean that in two ways. A bunch of people over the age of like 65 need mm. to just die. They need to die. Like like a solid 75% of them. But like way sooner than they normally would. Right, right. Like well, you know, that, that brings up an interesting uh, point. Um, you know, obviously we... <laughs> Obviously, we we all know Thanos' plan uh, from the Avengers movies, um, oh, and then Jesus just this past Christ, weekend was Godzilla. <laughs> well, no, no, there's just this past weekend was Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and uh, the I mean, spoiler alerts. I'm sure you're not going to see Godzilla, King of the Monsters, but uh, the plan of the bad guy was Dave, to. I'm never going to see that movie. <laughs> I know you're not. I know, but the the plan of the of the bad guy is basically to to cleanse the earth of overpopulation. Uh, by uh by you know releasing these monsters you know and and i th- i wonder if this is going to be a uh, a theme through a lot of movies now uh you know that we got to make a lot of people die because i really do think that's probably the only solution the move is this it's like an it's like a it's it's an australian guy because this was published by like australian people mm-hmm. and it's just like oi uh, here to answer some questions and uh, talk about some possible solutions for addressing climate change before the year 2050. Our single largest suggestion is we all have to eat our own poop. It's like, wait, what? Everybody has to eat their own shit. We've done the math. We know, uh, we already know how this will play out. And while we are absolutely facing existential this is new zealand accent <laughs> i know well it's I'm a doing mix, new it's, zealand accent it's a mix of new zealand and uh it's like J, jfk uh, like, you have to eat your own little... shit 
and it's uh, the only way out of this potential calamity. And then somebody stands up in the back like, that motherfucker's not Australian. <laughs> that guy's from fucking New Zealand. <laughs> uh, don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> Clearly I'm from Australian. Um, I'm from Australian. I'm from Australian. You can tell by this uh, funny accent. <laughs> People don't just talk like this. It's like... I saw that guy working at 7-Eleven. I'm pretty sure that guy's from New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah, this is horrifying. What about my article that I shared with you? Where uh, one of our favorite coming back to Florida because another another existential thing that I like to talk about our podcast that I think is worthy of discussion is like, how do we describe ourselves? Because in the first couple of years, we've been like, this is a podcast about friendship and Mm. I don't know if that's really borne out to be the case. Right. (laughs) Um, but one of the things that we are definitely about is, uh, politics in Florida, uh, and reading from the Miami new times, Jerry, one of Jerry's articles actually, um, is about, well, I'll just read it. Don't trample the rights of law-abiding milkshake owners who want milkshakes for self-defense. Over the weekend, some of the some of Antifa allied some sort of Antifa allied criminal threw what appears to be a cup of cranberry juice at Florida Panhandle Congressman Matt Gates. You might be tempted to laugh. You might say that when covered in lukewarm ocean spray, he looks like uh, the melting Nazi from the end of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. But don't snicker. Nothing about this is funny. No one should laugh when picturing a half-empty cup of sugary juice walloping the ga- the side of Gates' tombstone-sized head in slow motion. Don't do it. I don't want to take the piss out of Jerry's article, but what he's what he's um, making the point of is here, the UK, and other places where people are either egging or hitting milkshakes, hitting with milkshakes. These uh, right-wing, like terrible politicians who absolutely deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been this backlash of you know calling calling it violence and trying to <laughs> outlaw it with um you know extreme measures and uh and legislation while you know that kind of <laughs> that kind of zealous activism never seems to come in the wake of like gun violence right right, right. like yeah. real violence so <laughs> yeah. again uh not to not to take the piss out of Jerry's article but that um that that's the point of it Matt Gates is an absolute piece of shit and uh, should be hit with every fucking milkshake or smoothie or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, you can read you can read Jerry's article on uh, on MiamiNewTimes.com. The headline is "Don't trample the rights of law-abiding milkshake owners who want milkshakes for self-defense." <laughs> Just um, want to want to make the point. Doesn't look like it was a milkshake that that Gates was hit with. Looks more like a. Um, like a like a like a frozen not a frozen smoothie but more like a uh, like a, like, like a uh, se- like a Seven Eleven uh, uh, yeah like free- almost like freezy. a Slurpee, a Slurpee or like a Sonic drink yeah like yeah, that yeah. yeah looks more like that which is actually probably more sticky gross but you know oh god I I can't imagine anything more disgusting than a Slurpee <laughs> not even I, to be hit with just to drink imagine what it would do to your tummy. Bad things. I'd be fucking 
I would just be a, uh, I would be a, a fountain. <laughs> a t- it would tri- it would triple in volume once it hit the inside of your stomach. You know those um, those types of sprinklers on the that that like, <laughs> like they kind of clap shut and they're like, ta, 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 like the the sprinklers that that they do like this thing here. <laughs> and kids play around them. And kids play around them, and they're like, they're like. <laughs> The, 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 it's like a, an uneven stream, an interrupted stream uh-huh. that gets slapped by like a little piece of plastic and like goes out in spurts. Uh huh. I'd be two of those. <laughs> I'd be two of those, just blasting everywhere. If I had, if I got a fucking Slurpee in me, I see motherfuckers walking around on the street in the summer in Miami with Slurpees in their hands, and I gotta wonder how they got there. <laughs> Like, what were the circumstances that led you to be... Here's a question. I know you're not a parent, and you never will be, and that's mm-hmm. a very, very good thing. Yes. But um, imagine, for a moment, here's a what would you do. Change my name from David Quinones to John Quinones real quick. What would you do? I saw today, when I was driving home, in kind of a sketchy part of town where... The parenting standards are probably dictated by, you know, the general lack of access to, to money and, you know, it's, it's the way it is in the hood, right? I mean, mm. like, I grew up in different hoods, variously, um, in different times of my life. So, I know this. I know of what I speak. Not everything can be the fucking Poconos, Dave. Right. Uh, Absolutely. So, Saw a mom walk up to a car with what looked to be like a 12, 13-year-old daughter. She kind of like looked into the car, had like a very brief conversation with the driver of the car. The little girl got in the back seat and the car took off and I saw that the car was an Uber. So this mom just put her daughter, who looked like maybe she was going to, I don't know, like like a, a, a soccer practice or basketball practice or something like that. Mm-hmm. Put the daughter in the Uber. What's your thoughts about that like that sounds like a terrible idea right sounds like a terrible idea but it also kind of sounds like uh like back in the day when you put your kid on a bus or something like that i mean yeah we did but i mean like there was accountability with buses was there though i mean like the bus driver had to be like a licensed driver with the with the with the city yeah i suppose that's true i mean but yeah. I guess nobody getting on the bus had to be licensed, and who knew who was getting on the bus? I took public transportation probably starting at like, not counting the school bus. I mean like, city bus or subway. Probably like maybe nine or ten, or eleven. I don't know. People say this shit all the time. You don't hear anything about this because you don't have, you don't have kids. But I hear this all the fucking time, dude. Things are different now. Things are like there's this constant refrain about things being different now. Right. Right. And I kind of don't buy into it. Now, don't get me wrong. You're not going to catch me at fucking any point putting my kid on a bus or on in an Uber alone. <laughs> but <laughs> I am an upper middle class person. I don't have to do that. And um, I live in sort of an, a suburban area, right? I, I, I think things are less dangerous now. And I think that pretty much every statistical you know, model that measures that kind of stuff suggests that the United States has become not just a little bit less dangerous, but like vastly less dangerous. 
Like I saw this shit about. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I want to. This Ava DuVernay show about the Central Park Five. I don't mm. know how much. I know you have that whole thing where you don't remember anything before 1995 or whatever. But like, right, right. but do you remember any of that? Like that was big front page news when we were kids in the area of where we lived in like the tri-state yeah, New York area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I remember it as a thing. I don't remember many of the details though. Yeah. So Central Park Five were five. Um, uh, I think black and Latino kids that were accused of a crime that they didn't do, um, raping mm-hmm. this jogger in Central Park. Very famously, Donald Trump, then, you know, a uh, well-known PR businessman, like guy who was like out there, you know, on the front page of the National Enquirer, creating stories about himself to build, to boost his brand, uh, very famously took out a full-page ad in the New York Times mm-hmm. saying that we should, that this case is a perfect example for why New York should bring back the death penalty, which, um, you know, sure made him look silly, you know, years later when it turned out that those kids were exonerated. And thank God that we never put any trust in that man for any important stuff in the future. The, the guy who, end. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, like, if you throw yourself back in that moment of the early 90s, there was that... Crime was bad, like really bad. Violent crime was out of control. The whole, you know, super predator um, late motif had sort of started to uh, trickle into the consciousness. I mean, there was various versions of the crime bill. Uh, ultimately, Clinton passed his crime bill, which was like, you know, responsible for millions and mi- what would be millions and millions of, of people, mostly, you know, mostly black and Latino people being put behind bars for very small drug related offenses. And mm. it turned us into like this really, really punitive country. We were, we were kind of already on that track. Like we were heading there anyway. Mm-hmm. And it, this just sort of hit fast forward on that process and didn't give us any time to think. And um, it was an overreaction. I think most people who are experts on that subject, I'm not one of them, but I, I, listen and keep my ears open and uh and i know things folks and um (laughs) i think that most people agree now that the 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 crime bill and other the raft of legislation on a state level and on a federal level that that came about late 80s early 90s was a gross overreaction to to the um the problem of crime uh and a lot of people have talked about why crime subsided but it did i mean it's a thousand times safer not a scientific measurement, but it's like a thousand <laughs> times safer now than it used to be. People aren't murdered. I mean, like, I don't know how to explain it to people who are in their 20s that when we were kids, people were like gutted in the street and murdered <laughs> for no reason. And right. that like I, we also came up at the time during the time of dare. Right. When I mean, I don't know. Do, you were in dare, right? Sure. Yeah. And they told you that smoking weed one time could kill you. I would say that Dare actually was pretty successful with me anyway. Because yeah, you were, when I met you, you were still brainwashed of Dare. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I obviously smoked weed and still do, but um, I won't do anything else because I think it's all going to make me see bugs crawling all over my skin and then I'm going to rip my skin off. I mean, it took me forever to get you to do heroin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really held out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> it's just this, I was just along for the ride. I don't yeah, know either. What else is new? <laughs> I remember what my point was. 
about narcissism earlier. Mm. I saw recently every once in a while one of these things will pop up still even like there was a there was a month no, I'll give it more than that. There was like a, a half year, a 6 month period in 2015 where everybody was using um bitmojis. <laughs> oh then, yeah, yeah. And now every once in a while somebody will still just like a, like out of a time capsule or like just just stepping out of uh you know a DeLorean from the past somebody will pop up a bit bitmoji just this little it's so weird piece of detritus this little like <laughs> this this little leftover uh you know hunk of 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 flotsam this <laughs> like this little hunk of like useless culture that and I started thinking about like what was the driving factor behind Bitmojis and uh-huh. why are they still kind of popping up now and then? And I realized it's narcissism. It is, yeah. And yeah. there's only like I mean, you can really look anywhere to find the level of narcissism narcissism that we have right now in this in this world, but in, in our culture, in our society that we live in. But uh, <laughs> the other one that I thought of, because I was trying to think of like what are other things that that are tailor made and indulgent of that narcissistic tendency that we have, and the other thing I thought of that was contemporary with it was the Chipotle line, like the line at Chipotle. Oh, my favorite place. The yeah, but like. I know it's your favorite place, but clearly a failing franchise that's like always on these days on the verge of collapse at any given oh, moment. Yeah. And, and like financially and, you know, in terms of health inspections or not health inspections, but like uh, uh, quality control failures, you know, uh-huh. things like that. Yeah. And all these outbreaks that they've had. But you walk into a line, at Ch- you walk into Chipotle and you walk in and you see the line. Of people waiting to make their very specific... That don't trust the guy behind the counter to make a burrito for them. Need to tell them the exact measurements of every single exact ingredient. That need to customize that order in just their way. Can't just walk in. Went to to a Mexican place named Jacalitos. Which is a thousand times better than Chipotle. uh, Here in Miami. And sat down. Ordered my tacos. Last week we went we went for work uh, lunch at work right I order uh-huh. from this place too for for dinner sometimes I trust them to just make me a burrito uh-huh. because they're fucking they're Mexican and they know how to do it and they, they the burrito that they give me wouldn't change a fucking thing mm-hmm. wouldn't change a thing why is it that the minute that I walk into this multi billion dollar franchise all of a sudden I'm entitled to make this customization and to 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 all of a sudden I'm the Mexican. That knows what how best to make a burrito. I think it's a huge blind spot in our culture that permeates through everything that we do. That we think we know best and we want to walk down a and I feel like this is sort of an eighties, like, you know, tired ass, you know, comic bit. But like mm-hmm. to walk down the um the 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 medicine aisle at Walgreens and there's a thousand different pills of acetaminophen. All with different things. They're all the same. I'm sorry. There's no way that they're not the same thing. They're all chemically the exact same fucking thing. 
Mm-hmm. One says it's for your headache, and the other one says it's for, um, you know, neck pain. How can it possibly know? It's all just acetaminophen mm-hmm. with different market with different branding on it. Cereal. That's the that's the the hack comic <laughs> bit from the eighties. <laughs> I walk down the aisle, I see fifty different boxes of cereal: cinnamon toast crunch, cinnamon wheat crunch, cinnamon crunch toast. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, um, I don't know, man. I just, I think that, and I think you're probably really guilty of it. I, I, I was going to say, I'm going to have to agree to disagree with you on this one, my friends, because. I refuse I, to agree to that. I, 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 I won't I, agree to your terms. <laughs> I, I reject I understand. your terms. I understand the point you're trying to make, and I think it's a valid point. Do you? Because I don't. I, I, I'm I confused it, about I, what I'm talking about, actually. I, <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure I don't, I don't know what the overall of goal of it. I don't know what the overall goal of it is, but I, I understand what you're saying. I understand the words, the string of words that are in the sentence. No, um, you, I mean, you speak English. Yeah, you speak yeah. English is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but I love making my own fucking bowl at, at Chipotle, and I am not letting you take that away from me. And by the way, you know who? Who's trying loves, to take it away from you? You know who else loves it? Michelle Obama. Well, then, I guess I'm Check wrong. and mate. Gets, yes, because she's a slay queen, and she can do no wrong. <laughs> That's right. Yes, queen. You see today that uh, um, Jay-Z became the first hip-hop billionaire? I did, yeah. I, I don't understand. Like, off... I, I guess I, you know, I, I gotta say, I think that that's actually really impressive because yeah. he, he did that without making a single good song for like 20 years. Yeah. Although everybody seems to think it's all damn, stuff is that, is still great. Damn, I feel like talk about like tired bits. Did that become tired just in one day? That one, that bit making Probably. fun of Jay-Z not making a good song for 20 years. Probably. Yeah. I, I would imagine. So I, I was going to say though, what wasn't Dr. Dre a billionaire. Donnie, already? cut that bit. Cut that part. There's nobody <laughs> named Donnie here. We don't have a Who's producer. Roger. It's me. It's just me, guys. <laughs> what were you about to say yeah, about so Frank Sinatra? I, no, I was going to say, well, I thought Dr. Dre was the first billionaire. Yeah, but Dr. Dre's not a hip-hop billionaire. Dr. Dre made his billions off of tech, off of... Uh, yeah, uh, but what isn't that just like isn't that Jay Z no, thing too? The, the 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 news hook for this is that Jay Z made billions of dollars from just music. What? I don't think he has other businesses. Does he have other businesses? He has to have other businesses. He I mean, has he's endorsements got and he like, has um, that to. that failing uh, Spotify company. Yeah, Tidal. Yeah, there's no way that that's called Tidal and not Title. It has to be Title. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. To, you, you've been reading that word for the last however many years and saying in your head, in your internal monologue, to doll. Yeah. That's yeah. the way you've been reading that. What is title? What does that mean? Title. Like like, like what tides do. But. T-I-D-A-L is, is a normal word. Sure. Title. Is it? Oh, my God. I'm looking it up right now. Title. It's not even like a complicated word. It's like a first grade vocabulary word okay wait if it's that big of a word i'm i got like a title shift like no, if guess I... guess what i just went through the entire first page of google and there's nothing about the word title it is the word title you're you're absolutely right like 
tides. But wait, did you look at dictionary.com? Well, yeah, now I am. But I mean, I just yeah. Googled it and the whole first page does not have anything about the word. It must be pretty successful. Title. If it's taken over the entire. Adjective. Of pertaining to, characterized by, or subject to tides. A tidal current. Two. Wow. Dependent on the state of the tide as to time of departure. A tidal steamer. Tidal, tidal urban dictionary. Overwhelming like a tidal wave. I'm glad that that's your... Pro- Do you, does anybody else have this thing where... When I go to thesaurus.com, the first thing that I go to type in the search bar is the word thesaurus for some reason. I don't know why I do that. It's like some weird tick I have. If I'm like, because usually what happens is I go to thesaurus.com because there's a word that's on the tip of my tongue and I know a synonym for it and I'm trying to remember the the one that I want, the word that uh-huh. I want. Yeah. And I just sort of absentmindedly type in the word thesaurus.com in the search bar and then in thesaurus.com there is its own search bar mm-hmm. and i type in every time without fail thesaurus and then i have to delete it yeah that's pretty strange it's pretty stupid i'm gonna have to read one of these articles after we're done with this I, i'd like to know what this hook is with uh with jay-z becoming a billionaire because it, it it really does not seem like it could possibly be off his music alone it, he doesn't like have that much music yeah and why now like why yeah, not and why now he hasn't had an album in like two years like, like yeah it's very strange that doesn't make any sense to me like did it just accrue i mean there's no way he's making money on title my understanding is that that money that that app that he doesn't really not really expose much of his own money to that right right and, and plus that, i mean all all the bigger ones are losing money too so why would that be making money yeah that, one's, it, that one's a famous failure like yeah. every article about it for the last five years is about how much it's failing and mm-hmm. how it's only being buoyed by you know venture capital and uh so if Spotify's losing money there's no way titles making money yeah exactly yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to read that. Somebody asked me a great question the other day, and I could not fucking figure out for the life of me the answer to it. The The ever-present condition of these quote-unquote um, disruptive tech companies uh-huh. always being in a position of losing money, even Amazon only in the last year or two actually mm-hmm. making money. Same yeah. thing with like, I forget what the other one was, but eBay. Right, I think only if like Facebook only started making money a year ago. Yeah, I get it. They're wide, expansive, world-changing things, and they have enormous staffs of people doing big things. And they also everything that they do is on the expensive side. It's software, it's development, it's like constant, you know, iteration and project management and shit like that. Right. Mm. I defy you to explain to me. Why is Uber losing money? That makes no sense. They come out of pocket for nothing. All they yeah. did was literally make the app and take money from people. Yeah, I was gonna they say like I, c- I could see if the they drivers. were paying their drivers like worth you know actual wages. Like that would make sense, but they're not. They're not they're paying not. anybody. They're anything. paying them contracts. That's yeah. what the thing is. Those those drivers aren't wage earners. Those drivers are in every you know sense of the word they're they're contract workers they fill out my understanding at least is i might be wrong maybe somebody can 
correct me on the specifics of this, but they're 1099 self-employed people, like 1099, the the IRS form that you have to fill out when you're like mm-hmm. a contractor. Completely one of the most misused parts of our tax code because that's supposed to be for actual contractors, and it gets it get, it's been turned into this way for. Uh, corporations to not assume the liability of having somebody as an employee. Mm. It's become this like shorthand for we don't give a fuck about this position enough to hire a real employee to do it. We're just going to have, you know, some random contract worker do it. Uber has multiplied that by whatever, 10 million people, however many people are driving Uber. That shit is corrosive. And how can they be losing money? Every single time I get in and pay 15 bucks, Uber gets what? Seven and a half bucks of that. Yeah. Like how, what are they servicing? What is their product? All they have is the drivers that they're unfairly compensating. I get Netflix. Netflix is hemorrhaging cash. Netflix is making, Netflix is making 500 hours a month of original Hollywood quality level usually. Yeah. They're they're spending billions per year on new content. Billions. You're telling me that they made, Netflix made like something like 120 hours of superhero Marvel content over the course of the last six years or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of it sucked, but it was still, it still cost money. Yep. And okay, I get it. I know where the money's going. I literally see it. I can turn on Netflix and turn on The Defenders or, yeah, what was it? The Defenders. And, or Sounds that fucking, right. that show that nobody watched, Altered Carbon. I can turn that on and I'm like, okay, this kind of sucks, but I see where the money went. Like there people are being paid for this and there's production houses and studios and actors and actresses and best boys and shit like that getting paid that are out there, you know, and if you're going to go in debt, fuck it. I see Netflix as a transfer of wealth for the good. It's a transfer of wealth from stupid Silicon Valley investors to uh, venture capitalists who have zero merit and zero reason for existing in my opinion to artists and artisans and technical Mm -hmm. you know professionals and 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 people who are you know proficient in a skill that we appreciate as a society i think netflix is great in that larger lens like if you're telling me that there's some funnel that's dumping cash out of millionaire billionaire asshole assholes who only exist to make investments and it's getting dumped on studios and creators and people who are, you know, trying to achieve some semblance of art, no matter how, you know, cynical or, or bad it might be. At least they're (laughs) fucking doing something. It's better than sitting in a fucking, uh, you know, in some Palo Alto fucking conference room, figuring out what the next 100 time investment is going to be. Um, so once again, I've lost the thread. <laughs> Don't remember where I was going with any of this. I like this. This is a new direction for the show where you're just gonna go is and rant. I feel like I feel like it's just kind of the same show. I could be wrong. You could be right. I could be wrong. You could be crazy. So are we stand-ups yet or what? I think this was a... I'll tell you what. A, How about this? Yeah. The, 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 I'm sorry. 
thing. <laughs> Usually you do a better job of hiding it when I do what I just did. But that time you let it slip. You're like, <laughs> If you were a woman, this would be such a great show. Because it's like I mansplain and cut you off so much. It would be perfect. It would be perfect. My next co-host needs to be a female version of you <laughs> i was what i was gonna say was i'm sorry i apologize oh, thank you <laughs> um but continue <laughs> i think that we should uh bucket list a stand-up set like we should do like next time i'm in vegas because they've got to have a lot of um open mics right i like that the next time you're in vegas we're gonna die pretty soon after so we got to complete this bucket list item. No, bucket lists, the right bucket lists, I will contend, are ones that you start at like age 38. Because mm, at okay. age 38, you've still got a solid 10 years before you die. Mm, that works out well. If you're us. I, I think that that's something that you and I will end up doing. Maybe not the next time you're in Vegas, but it'll happen. The problem is we need to yield the benefit of having credibility of as stand up. It's not just a matter of getting up and doing it once. We need to change our lives and re re coordinate, reorient what we're do you, doing. Do you really see yourself changing your life? <laughs> can you imagine Bird Road <laughs> episode 140 a year from now? I was like, okay, everybody, you can catch uh, Jewish Dave in Sioux City. Uh July 10th, 11th, we might be adding a second show on the 11th. Uh, Q is going to be in Chicago, uh, Sandusky, Ohio, and the Chuckle Hut. In Trenton, I think there's New still Jersey. some tickets available for still that. Still some one, tickets so. for the late show there. So, <laughs> imagine that. I go from like a fucking, like a, like a mid six figure job in advertising and marketing to being guy trying to, like, in his early 40s, trying to make it as a fucking stand up. Like, my 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 podcast mind poisoned my entire life and turned me into like <laughs> into a guy traveling in coach. Oh my god! Imagine flying coach. Jesus. Uh, I have to do that all the damn time. No, I feel free. Mm-hmm.